Well, uh, we are coming to the end of Jacob's uh, relationship with uh, Laban. We've been looking at uh, Jacob. Uh, Jacob has uh, been in Padan, Haran for uh, 20 years now. Um, his mother, Rebecca, told him to go there to find a wife. And the reason why he needed to leave, because his his brother Esau was angry with him, wanted to kill him, and so Jacob fled. And along the way, he came to a place that was um, that was empty, uh, didn't have a name. But uh, that night, when he laid his head down on a rock to go asleep, um, he had a dream from the Lord, and God told him that uh, God was going before him that he was his God, just like he was the God of Abraham and Isaac. He was going to be Jacob's God as well. And when Jacob woke up from that dream, he he said, this is an awesome place. God is in this place. And uh, he named the place uh, Bethel. And so, uh, so now he's going to, uh, to uh, the land of Mesopotamia, where uh, Rebecca's family is living, and there he's going to find a wife. He, he meets Rachel, falls in love with Rachel, thinks he's marrying Rachel, and lo and behold, it's Leah. And uh, Jacob has a father-in-law who is just like Jacob. His name is Laban, and he is, he is a thief, he is a manipulator, he is a liar, he is an abuser. And, uh, you know, Jacob thought he was just going to Mesopotamia to find a wife, but Jacob was also going there to look in the mirror <laughs> at a person just like himself, and that was his father-in-law, Laban. And uh, so on Jacob's wedding night, uh uh, Laban pulled a fast one. Instead of uh, Rachel being in the tent, uh, Laban had his oldest daughter, Leah, go inside the tent. tent. And the next, next morning, Jacob was appalled. He thought he had uh, spent the night with uh, Rachel and uh, come to find out it was Leah. And Jacob goes to Laban and says, how can you do this to me? And, uh, well, got to marry my oldest daughter first. Didn't bother to tell uh, Jacob that. And so uh, Laban said, listen, listen, if you'll work for me uh, another, um, another six years, um, you can have my youngest daughter, Rachel. And so for that next week, um, uh, Jacob worked for um, uh, Laban. And after that, those six, that week, uh, he was able to marry Rachel. So within a week's period of time, now Jacob is married not only to two women, but he also received their maidservants as well. And so among those four women, Jacob is going to be blessed with 12 children, 11 boys and one girl. And so here we come to Genesis chapter 31, and uh, Laban's 
Jacob's worked for Laban for 20 years. He's, uh, he's served Jacob for 14 years for uh, having the hand of his daughters in marriage. But now he, he's also worked another six years to uh, build up a nest egg so that he can go back to his home country. And it's been a difficult 20 years. Um, it has not been easy having Laban as a father-in-law. But Laban was exactly who Jacob needed because Jacob saw himself, how he had treated others in his own family. And so Laban has been that mirror. He's been that heavenly sandpaper <laughs> rubbing off the rough edges of Jacob's life. And... Um, uh, of Jacob's sinfulness. Now he's going to be going back to the land of um, his fathers and he's going to come across Esau. And Jacob is going to be a changed man. And uh, But as we've looked at this relationship, even though Jacob has changed, Laban never has changed. He is still a dirty scoundrel. And so here we are 20 years later and uh, Jacob knows he needs to go home. So we pick it up in verse 1 and I'm going to read the entire chapter and then summarize this chapter. Now Jacob heard that, his, that the sons of Laban were saying, Jacob has taken all that was our father's and from what was our father's and he has gained all this wealth. And Jacob saw that Laban did not regard him with favor as before. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your fathers and to your kindred, and I will be with you. So Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah into the field where the flock was, and said to them, I see that your father does not regard me with favor as he did before. But the God of my father has been with me. You know that I have served your father with all my strength. Yet your father has cheated me and changed my wages ten times. But God did not permit him to harm me. If he said, the spotted shall be your wages, then all the flock bore spotted. And if he said, the striped shall be your wages, then all the flock bore striped. Thus God has taken away the livestock of your father and given them to me. In the breeding, in the breeding season of the flock, I lifted my eyes and saw in a dream that the goats that mated with the flock were striped spotted and mottled. Then the angel of God said to me in the dream, Jacob, and I said, here I am. And he said, lift up your eyes and see all the goats that mate with the flock that are, the flock are striped, spotted and mottled. For I have seen all that Laban is doing to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed a pillar and made a vow to me. Now arise and go from the, this land and return to the land of your kindred. 
Then Rachel and Leah answered and said to him, Is there any portion of the inheritance left to us in our father's house? Are we not regarded by him as foreigners? For he has sold us, and he has indeed devoured our money. All the wealth that God has taken away from our father belongs to us and to our children. Now then, whatever God has said to you, Jacob, do. So Jacob arose and set his sons and his wives on camels. He drove away all the livestock, all his property that he had gained, the livestock in his possession that he had acquitted in, acquired in Padan Aram to go to the land of Canaan to his father Isaac. Laban had gone to shear his sheep, and Rachel stole her father's household gods. And Jacob tricked Laban, the Aramean, by not telling him that he intended to flee. He fled with all that he had and rose and crossed the Euphrates and set his face toward the hill country of Gilead. When it was told Laban on the third day that Jacob had fled, he took his kinsmen with him and pursued him seven days and followed close after him into the hill country of Gilead. But God came to Laban the Aramean in a dream by night and said to him, Be careful not to say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. And Laban overtook Jacob. And Jacob had pitched his tent in the hill country, and Laban with his kinsmen, kinsmen pitched tents in the hill country of Gilead. And Laban said to Jacob, What have you done that you have tricked me and driven away my daughters like captives of the sword? Why did you flee secretly and trick me and did not tell me so that I might have sent you away with mirth and songs, with tambourine and lyre? Why did you not permit me to kiss my sons and my daughters farewell? Now you have done foolishly. It is in my power to do you harm. But the God of your father spoke to me last night saying, Be careful not to say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. And now you have gone away because you longed greatly for your father's house. But why did you steal my gods? And Jacob answered, Jacob answered and said to Laban, Because I was I was afraid, for I thought you would take your daughters from me by force. Anyone with whom you find your gods shall not live. In the presence of your kinsmen, point out what I have that is yours and take it. Now Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen them. So Laban went into Jacob's tent into Leah's tent and into the, the tent of the two female servants, but did not find them. And he went out of Leah's tent and entered Rachel's. Now Rachel had taken the household gods and put them in a camel's saddle and sat on them. Laban felt all about the tent, but did not find them. And she said to her father, let not my Lord be angry that I cannot rise before you. 
for the way of woman is upon me. So he searched, but did not find the household gods. Then Jacob became angry and berated Laban. Jacob said to Laban, What is my offense? What is my sin that you have hotly pursued me? For you have felt through all of my goods what you have found of all your house. What have you found of all your household goods? Set it before my kinsmen and your kinsmen that they may decide between us two. These 20 years I have been with you, your ewes and your female goats have not miscarried, and I have not eaten the rams of your flocks. What was torn by wild beasts I did not bring to you. I bore the loss of it myself. From my hand you required it, whether stolen by, by day or stolen by night. There I was. Day by day, the heat consumed me, and the cold by night, and my sleep fled from my eyes. These twenty years I have been in your house. I have served you fourteen years for your two daughters, and six years for your flock, and you have changed my wages ten times. If the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had not been on my side, surely now you would have sent me away empty-handed. God saw my affliction and the labor of my hands and rebuked you last night. And Laban answered and said to Jacob, The daughter's are my daughters, the children are my children, the flocks are my flocks, and all that you see is mine. Those are all lies. But what can I do this day for these, my daughters, or for their children who have, whom they have born? Come now, let us make a covenant, you and I, and let it be a witness between you and me. So Jacob took a stone and set it up on a pillar as a pillar. And Jacob said to his kinsmen, gather stones. And they took the stones and made a heap and they ate there by the heap. Laban said, called it, um, well, it's an Aramaic word that means witness. Okay. I'm not going to try to pronounce that word, but Jacob called it Galid. And that also means uh, witness. And that's in the Hebrew. And Laban said, This heap is a witness between you and me today. Therefore, he named it Galid and Mizpah, which means watch post. For he said, The Lord watch between you and me when we are out of one another's sight. If you oppress my daughters and if you take wives beside my daughters, although no one was, is with us, see, God is witness between you and me. Then Laban said to Jacob, See this heap and the pillar, which I have set between you and me. This heap is a witness, and the pillar is a witness, that I will not pass over this heap to you, and you will not pass over this heap and this pillar to me to do harm. The God of Abraham and the God of Nahor and the God of their father judge between us. 
So Jacob swore by the fear of his father Isaac. And Jacob offered a sacrifice in the hill country and called his kinsmen to eat bread. And they ate bread and spent the night in the hill country. Early in the morning, Laban arose, kissed his grandchildren and his daughters, and blessed them. Then Laban departed and returned home. Well, as we go through this passage of Scripture, and I would encourage you to read over this again and, and, and meditate on this, but to, as you read, as you contemplate, ask yourself the question, who am I in this passage of Scripture? Am I more like Laban or am I more like Jacob? God was with Jacob. We see Laban departing uh, from this conversation, and really Laban has lost everything. He's, he's lost his families, his, 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 his daughters, his grandchildren. He's, he's lost his gods. How can you lose your gods? His gods were little trinkets. You know, they can do nothing for Laban, and yet that's what he puts his faith in, and he doesn't have his gods to go back uh, to home with. Laban has lost everything, but as Jacob goes home to his family, to the land of Canaan, God goes before him. And there's three truths that I want you to see in this passage of Scripture uh, because of God's promises in Jacob's life and because Jacob is living a an obedient life unto the God of Bethel, the encounter that he had had 20 years before. Um, Jacob is living that obedient life. The first truth I want you to see in chapter 31 this morning is that you can trust you can trust that God is able to guide those that are his. In chapter 31, we see in verse 3, God tells Jacob, Jacob, it's time to go home. It's been 20 years. He wanted to go home 14 years ago or six years ago, but he didn't have anything to show for himself. And so Laban gave Jacob an opportunity to, to build a nest egg. But it's been a frustrating uh, six years. We see God, Laban change Jacob's wages ten times. Um, he was he was just impossible to work with. And but here we see in verses one and two that uh, circumstances have really changed now. The brothers are talking about Jacob. Jacob has stolen. Uh, their father's wealth. He's stolen their wealth. And now Laban is looking differently. Laban is looking differently at at Jacob. Um, He knows that um, Jacob has prospered. You know, Jacob rigged the system in the beginning six years ago. Jacob said, okay, I'll work for you, uh, Laban, and I'll tell you what, I'll take all the inferior livestock. 
I'll take the, the spotted and the, uh, and the, the striped and, and the black uh, sheep and goats, and they'll be mine, and you will have the, the, the flock that is white. And it will be easy to be identified. Laban thought, that's a great idea. So what Laban did was he pulled out all the spotted and striped and, and mottled uh, sheep and goats um, and, left, and uh, left Jacob with only white ones. And so Jacob, Laban is thinking, okay, well, these, these animals are going to mate with each other and they'll reproduce white ones. But the opposite happened. God blessed Jacob and there were uh, striped and, and spotted and black and, uh, and Jacob would do this over and over again and God would just bless Jacob. And so he would take the, the strongest of the animals and uh, mate them and he would take the, the, the white inferior animals and he would put them in Laban's flock. And uh, this happened over six years. And so now the brothers are looking at uh, all this wealth in livestock that Jacob has accumulated. And they're mad. And Jacob knows it's time to go. And God affirms this in verse 3. And so he goes to his wives in verse 5, and he tells them, he reviews for them all that uh, Jacob has done for Laban. Uh, he's looking backwards, and he's talking about God's faithfulness. And, and his wives are listening to this, and they're agreeing with, with him. Laban's also stolen the dowry. Um, now, Jacob didn't have a dowry to give to Laban in the, in the beginning. But as Jacob served Laban, uh, Laban has prospered. God has blessed Laban as well. And so what should have been a dowry, um, Laban has uh, foolishly spent. And so there's no like life insurance policy if Jacob were to suddenly pass away. Um, Laban has um, has uh, just uh, squandered that away. And so the wives see this and they know that God's in this as well. And it's time for them to go to the land of Canaan. And that's what God does, church, for his children who are obedient, who fear him. The Bible says God is going to guide them. He is going to show them the way. I want you to turn to Psalm 37. Psalm 37 is a powerful chapter of Scripture that um, really points out the contrast between a Laban and a Jacob. I don't know if David had this relationship in mind, um, when David wrote Psalm 37, but it speaks volumes to what is happening in this chapter in Genesis 31. But Psalm 37:23 says this, The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. 
When you're delighting in the things of God, when you are delighting in his word, you know what? Your desires become his desires. And God delights in establishing your steps. And he is establishing, has established the steps for Jacob. James 1, verses 5 and 6. If you want God to guide your life, you need to be pursuing him and you need to be calling upon him. If you lack wisdom about the decisions that you need to make, you need to go to the Lord. And he will speak to your heart. James 1, 5 and 6 says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. If you are hungry for the things of God, if you want to be obedient to the Lord, to do his will, God will give you Wisdom in the decisions that you need to be making. He guides those who are his. The second thing we see in chapter 31 is God is faithful to provide to those that are his. God has abundantly provided for Jacob. I mean, he, he's been, obe- been obedient to the Lord. Jacob has, is doing what he knows to do. And in Jacob's effort, God just seems to be richly blessing Jacob's life. Verse 10 says that uh, Jacob, Laban tried to sabotage um, Jacob, uh, cheated him 10 times, changes his wages 10 times, but God continued to provide As I said earlier, Laban tried to rig the system, but that backfired on Laban, and God continued to richly bless Jacob's life. God provided, in verse 16, wealth to Jacob, even when Laban had squandered the dowry that had been set set aside for his daughters. And now in verse 55, we see that when we look at Laban's life, He's going back home with absolutely nothing. Look at Psalm 37, verses 25 and 26. David says this, I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. He is ever lending generously and his children become a blessing. That's, that's the provision of God in a believer's life who's living, living his life above reproach, living a life of integrity, wanting to do the right thing, to being that, that godly witness Jacob has done this for 20 years and God has abundantly provided for Jacob and his family. And David has seen this in his life and he has never seen the righteous forsaken 
or the children begging for bread. God always extends that 90% into 100%. We never have to go. You can't outgive God. If you're faithful with what the Lord has given to you, you are never going to miss what you have given to him. It will richly come back to you in many different ways. I'm not just talking financially. I'm talking about your household, your your family, your children, uh, the things that you use, the things that you drive. God has a way of just extending the life cycle, cycle of things. But if we hoard it all, God has a way of taking it away. <laughs> he is going to get what is his. But here we see in chapter 31, God is abundantly providing for Jacob and his household. And that's what he does for his children who are faithful and obedient to him. And the third truth is is this, that we can trust God, that he is faithful to preserve those who are his. God is preserving Jacob. Laban wants to kill Jacob. He's been pursuing him. He says in verse 21, it is in my power to do you harm. (laughs) What did God do? God came in the middle of the night and told Jacob, Jacob, you don't do anything. Um, uh, but God of your father spoke to me last night saying, be careful and not to say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. Laban, Jacob is mine. And God is protecting. He is preserving Jacob. Um <clears throat> And God kept Jacob from leaving empty-handed. Verses 41 and 42 says, I have served you 14 years for your two daughters and six, six years for your flock. You have changed my wages 10 times. If the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and fear of Isaac had not been on my side, surely now you would have sent me away empty-handed. But God saw my affliction and the labor of my hands and rebuked you last night. Look at verse um, 12 of 31. And he said, Lift up your eyes, Jacob, and see all the goats that mate with the flocks. The flock are striped, spotted, mottled. For I have seen all that Laban is doing to you. And Jacob, I am going to bless you. I am the God of Bethel. And I am with you, Jacob. And I am preserving your life. And even as they make this carnal agreement between the two of them in verses 43 through through 55, You know what? God is preserving 
um, Laban even at this point. They they set up they set up a heap of stones, and uh, Laban says, uh, "Let's we're going to name this place Mizpah. The Lord will watch between you and me." And uh, what that means is uh, Laban can't cross over this barrier into the land of Canaan to try to do harm to Jacob. And Jacob can't cross over this barrier to do harm to Laban. Kind of reminds me of uh, me and my brother growing up. You know, we lived in the same bedroom. And we would take tape and we would put tape on the line, you know. And he wasn't to come over to my side and I couldn't come over to his side. Well, that's what's basically happened here. And Jacob has no desire to ever go back to Mesopotamia. But in this agreement, um, God is going to be watching. And God is going to be preserving Jacob and keeping Laban from doing any kind of harm. God preserves his children. Let's go back to Psalm 37 and see what David says uh, here. Almost done. Psalm 37, look at verse 18. The Lord knows the days of the blameless and their heritage will remain forever. Verse 27. Turn away from evil and do good. So so shall you dwell forever. For the Lord loves justice and he will not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever, but the children of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell upon it forever. Verse 35 through 40. I have seen a wicked, ruthless man spreading himself like a green laurel tree, but he passed away and behold, he was no more. Though I sought him, he could not be found. Mark the blameless and behold the upright. For there is a future for the man of peace. But the transgressors shall be altogether destroyed. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their stronghold in the time of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them. Because they take refuge in him. That's our God. That's the promise that he has made to his children. That he will preserve them forever. I love Romans chapter 8, verses 37 through 39. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. I think we sang about that this morning, didn't we? We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. 
For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from his love. So my question to you this morning is where do you see yourself? Are you a Jacob or are you a Laban? See, Jacob learned from his mistakes. (laughs) He had a really bad reputation in the beginning. And when he fled uh, uh, the land of his, his father, I mean, he had a pathetic reputation. But when he had that encounter with God at Bethel, he was going to Mesopotamia a changed man. He wasn't a perfect man, but through those 20 years, Jacob is coming back home and he's learned to walk with God. My friends, that's where you and I need to be. You know, if you find yourself like a Laban, and are constantly getting in trouble, and it's always somebody else's fault, there's somebody else to blame. No, the providence of God, the sovereignty of God, has put you in that situation to get your attention. And the best thing that you can do is humble yourself and repent and turn to a God who loves you, who paid the ultimate price for the forgiveness of your sin by dying on a cross. I deserve to die on that cross. You deserve to die on that cross to to receive and experience the wrath of God. But Jesus who lived a perfect life, loved you and I so much that he took our place on that cross and he died. And three days later, he came back from the grave. We could know that mentally. But my friend, we need to learn to transfer it to our hearts. And just know the grace of God, what he's done in our life and receive that. Jacob received it. Laban never did. For 20 years, he watched the blessing of God upon Jacob's life. He tried to sabotage Jacob. He tried to make his life miserable. He tried to, um, tried to keep him from God blessing him. But Laban never got it. He never learned. He relied on his gods. (laughs) That he couldn't find. 
He groped. He went in everybody's tent. He couldn't find the gods. They're nothing. They're idols. But Jacob, Jacob was serving the God who sees. I see you, Jacob. I see what Laban's doing to you. He serves the God who hears. He serves the God who guides, who provides. And preserves. This is the last time we hear from Laban's life. We're never going to hear about Laban again. But Jacob, we hear about Jacob all throughout Scripture. The third major patriarch. Our God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And just as he is their God, my friend, he is our God. Do you believe this? My friend, don't leave without coming to know Christ as your Lord and Savior today if you've never made that decision. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Thank you for Jacob's life who we're going to continue to glean from in the days ahead. But uh, Lord, If there's one here who sees themselves as Laban, Lord, we've all been Laban. But praise God for the grace of God that has invaded our hearts and our minds and and we've humbled ourselves and we've called upon you to forgive us of our sin. God, you've heard that prayer, answered that prayer. But if there's one here, Lord, that's struggling this morning, God, may today be the day of their salvation. May they quit making excuses. May they quit pointing the finger at others and say, there's some things that need to change. And God, only you can make those changes. So may they call upon you. Thank you, Father, for this time of invitation and worship. Bless this time as we worship you. In Jesus' name, would you stand with me, please?